Carol Markowitz is a columnist for the New York Post. Recently, she wrote a piece titled, America's Ugly Epidemic of Social Media Envy. She begins with a provocative question, when did envy become okay? She concludes with a damning observation about our culture. Never before have so many had so much while still wanting more. Does that describe you? Has the green-eyed monster slain you? As you scroll through your social media feeds, do you snark on someone's great seats at the ball game or roll your eyes in jealousy when they post pictures from their exotic travel experience? How do we defeat this deadly sin called envy? For starters, give thanks to God for what he has given you and learn contentment. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. Every vice has a corresponding virtue, one that can help you overcome the sins that drag you down. Hello, I'm Brian Davis, and this is Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Today, Ron takes us once again to the deadly sin of envy, a vice that can lead to all sorts of larger problems, including murder, adultery, and idolatry. What virtue can we use to defeat the deadly sin of envy? Find out next as Ron continues his teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Source Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Defeating Envy. There was a point in my sermon preparation this week when I said, really, Lord, that just seems too simple. There's got to be more to this than, than this. People are going to say, oh, no, duh, pastor. Come on, give, give us something a little, little more than that. And, and upon further kind of quiet meditation and prayer, the Lord just kind of thumped me in the chest and said, no, this is exactly the antidote needed to get after envy. Are you ready for this? Number one, give thanks. Give thanks. Where envy and jealousy and covetousness are present, you know what's absent? Gratitude. Gratitude for what God has given to you. But when your heart is full of thanksgiving, I mean, it's overflowing with a thankful heart and with gratitude for what God has given to you, you don't have time and you don't have the capacity in your heart to be jealous of what somebody else has had given to them by the grace of God. But here's the problem. You know, gratitude is probably one of the most underrated virtues on any list of virtues. I know we have a, a national holiday called Thanksgiving, but herein is part of the problem. We've reduced the cultivation of, of this virtue to a single day. And we all become very, you know, full of gratitude and thanksgiving on the holiday, and we give thanks for this, and we pray prayers of thanksgiving, and we read psalms of thanksgiving, and then we move on, don't we? We move on to Christmas, and then on to the rest of the life. Now, what I'm suggesting, and I believe the Lord is suggesting to us, by the plethora of teaching in the Scripture about the importance of thanksgiving, even entering his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You know how that's how you come into the presence of the Lord? 
with the heart full of gratitude? Otherwise, the ungrateful heart comes before the Lord and says, why haven't you, why haven't you given me this? You gave this person that, and comparison becomes the enemy of gratitude and makes way for envy and jealousy and covetousness. Now, give thanks. As simple as it is, verbalize your thanksgiving to God. Become so overwhelmed with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving for what God has given you. Yes, there's always somebody who has more. There always will be. But there's always somebody who's looking at what you got and saying, I wish I had that, okay? So just stay where you are for the moment and give thanks. Uh, grow in the grace of gratitude. First Chronicles 16 and verse 34, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Has the Lord been good to you today? Tell him that. Spend some time in your prayer life just, just thanking God for all that he's given to you. And, and be specific about it. Spend some time there because it's going to take some time to, to retrain the heart and to fill up that place in your heart with gratitude and thanksgiving because when it's vacated, there's a vacuum there. And you know what moves in? <laughs> the green-eyed monster. So fill it up with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. As a pastor, I often have people ask me, Pastor, can you, can you help me discover the will of God for my life? And that's, that's always a fascinating question and an interesting one to pursue. But the first place to go is to those specific places in Scripture that tell us this is the will of God. And you know what the will of God is? And I know you're in a mess right now. Your circumstances are not what you want them to be. Find a way to give thanks. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Find a way to give thanks, even in the messy circumstances that you're in right now. And fill up that place in your heart that the green-eyed monster wants to occupy. you got to fill it up with thanksgiving and fill it up with gratitude. Number two, are you still with me? Number two, learn contentment. Learn contentment. You know, back when the uh, seven deadly sins came out, um, and back from the sixth century on, they would work them into plays and poetry and uh, different ways of talking about them. I mentioned earlier in the series that they, they would always work in the corresponding heavenly virtues. And the most often corresponding heavenly virtue to envy was gratitude, but I, I got to add another one there. It's contentment. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of in the same, in the same field. Uh, they're, they're, they're in a related family. You say, what is contentment? Bill Gothard says, contentment is realizing that God has already given me everything I need for my present happiness. The heart that is full of discontent and thus full of envy and covetousness and greed doesn't believe that God has already provided me everything I need for my present happiness. No, because I'm comparing myself to my neighbor over here, and he or she has something that I want and need for my present happiness. That's not a contented heart. It's not a heart that trusts in God to provide everything I need for my present happiness. 
Gothard goes on to say, contentment is understanding that if I am not satisfied with what I have, I'll never be satisfied with what I want. And that's the lie and the deception of the green-eyed monster, right? I just, just desire this and want this and go after this and covet this, and when you get this, you'll be satisfied. No, you won't. He'll come back bigger and stronger than before. So we have to learn contentment. John Steinbeck was a, a wonderful author, and he wrote a book called The Winter of Our Discontent. I always wondered why it wasn't the summer of our discontent or the spring of our discontent, even the fall of our discontent. I think Steinbeck understood that discontentment in the heart, in the absence of contentment, there's a coldness that comes over the human heart in our relationship to God. Uh, there's a bitterness that arises when envy and jealousy and covetousness comes in because uh, we grow bitter that God has not given us what we ought to have, and our, our relationship with Him uh, becomes frosty, as it were. So we need to learn uh, contentment. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 tells us, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. The Apostle Paul, in writing his letter to the Philippians, uh, chapter three, 4 and verse 11, he says, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. If contentment is the antidote, along with gratitude to envy and jealousy and covetousness, well, according to Paul, we have some learning to do. Uh, the fact that he says, I have learned to be content suggests that contentment isn't natural to us. No, you know what's natural to the sinful human heart is enviness, envy, jealousy, covetousness. It's, it's the green-eyed monster. He feels very comfortable in the human heart. What we have to learn, what is not natural to us, is contentment. Paul goes on to say, I've, I've learned to be content in times of plenty and times of lack, times when I've had much and times when I've had very little. We'll return to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones in just a moment. To listen to any of Ron's messages on demand, please visit somethinggoodradio.org. And while you're there, be sure to access the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic and find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that's our Something Good digital library at somethinggoodradio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66, from Chicago, Illinois, to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. 
Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience? And what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org and request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. And now with the second half of today's message, Defeating Envy, here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. Kind of reminds me of the way I had to learn chemistry in high school. Uh, Mr. Buzzard was my chemistry teacher. It really was his name, and his profile even proved it. He had, had quite a beak on him. But he was a great chemistry teacher. And he would lecture Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you'd never want to miss one of Mr. Buzzard's lectures. I mean, they, they were just rich. Tuesday and Thursday, we had lab. And while we had lab, he was looking at his stocks in the Wall Street Journal. That was just Mr. Buzzard. But that's the way you learn chemistry. You had a lecture, but you got you to be in the laboratory as well. And what Paul is saying is, I didn't learn contentment so much through a lecture. I learned it through the laboratory of life, through the circumstances God brought me through. Sometimes I, I didn't have much. And everybody around me, it seems like they had more than me. But I learned contentment. Sometimes I had an abundance, but there was always somebody who had more than me. You know, but... In all the seasons of life, Paul says, I I learned contentment. What is God teaching you right now about contentment? What is God teaching you as you scroll through your social media feed and you look at somebody who has more than you or more advantage than you or more privilege than you or more stuff than you or more of whatever you want? What is he teaching you right now about contentment? And uh, we we have to learn that. Other scriptures in the New Testament, I think of... A time when John the Baptizer, I love this Bible character. John the Baptizer actually had the audacity one time to say to a group of Roman soldiers this. He says, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation. He knew that's the way they did business. 
You know, they got paid a certain wage, but to make a little bit more, the threats, the false exact, uh, accusations, the extortion, he says, don't do that way. He says, be content with your wages. Can you imagine John confronting these Roman soldiers with such a teaching? 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, the Apostle Paul talks about some things that you and I probably wouldn't put on a list of things we've grown content with. He says, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. As we're learning contentment, is is it possible that God would bring us through a time characterized by weakness and distress and and difficulty. Nobody wants to sign up for that. Nobody scrolls through their social media feed and sees somebody who's going through a really hard time and then becomes envious of that, right? No. But God may be using those times to, uh, to teach you and to learn contentment. 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 through 8, just one more. But godliness with contentment is great gain For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. I'll be honest with you, I don't meet too many Americans who are content with just food and clothing. Because, you know, back to what uh, Carol Markowitz said, never before have so many had so much while still wanting more. Stoked by envy and greed and jealousy and coveting our neighbors this, that, or the other thing. You're not going to hear any of this from the culture. The culture is deep into this thing called envy. I don't even think the uh, columnist from the New York Post, I have no reason to believe she's a believer in Jesus Christ, no reason to believe she's not. She doesn't write the column from a religious perspective. She just says, when did envy become okay? She even sees in our culture today the green-eyed monster on the loose. And we as believers in Jesus Christ are called to a higher order, are we not? Uh, We're called to be followers of Jesus Christ. We're more than conquerors, the Bible tells us. How do we defeat this enemy? Well, again, just give thanks. Uh, Get back to the simple practice of filling your heart with gratitude. Name your blessings. Yes, name them one by one, the song says. Learn contentment. One, One other thing that I'll just share that I've learned is to set my affections on things above and not on things on this earth. Paul writes that in one of his New Testament letters. Because the more I have my eyes on the stuff, the advantages, the privileges of this life, the more I scroll through my social media feeds and see what you've got and I don't have, the more the green-eyed monster just gets stirred up inside of me. But if I lift my eyes... Uh, if, I, if I stop putting so much stock into this world and expecting out of a fallen world what only my Savior can fill in terms of the desires of my heart, when I lift my eyes and start setting the affections of my heart on things above and not what I see in my social media feed, then I'm on my way to defeating envy. 
And my prayer is that today you, you and I will hear this like we've never heard it before. It will take the truth, the warnings of Scripture that even date back <laughs> more than 3,000 years ago to something we've ripped off the walls of our classrooms and say, no, we don't need that. Oh, a generation later, oh, how we need it. Because we unleashed the green-eyed monster and a lot else when we rejected the moral law of God, chose not to order our lives or our hearts by it, or even to take the warnings of Scripture. Now's the time to get back to it. And to say the only antidote for this, this uncontrollable desire for what somebody else has and I want, is to get back to the teachings of Scripture. Put into practice the Tenth Commandment. Give thanks. Learn contentment. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. And live like the more than conqueror in Christ that we are. Amen. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Defeating Envy. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Well, Ron, it's no secret we're living in a divided culture. And there seems to be one subject that almost never comes up when there's any sort of dispute. So, Pastor, let's talk about the thing that so many of us never seem to want to talk about. Sure thing, Brian. And I like the way you led into this because you're right. Few, if any of us, ever discuss this particular issue. And of course, the issue to which I refer is the role that envy and covetousness play in the hearts and minds of people like you and me. It's true in business, it's true in politics, it's true in all facets of life, including marriage and family. What happens, Brian, and, and this is true of all of us from time to time, so don't misunderstand me. What happens is that we can get so focused on what we don't have or so fixated on our own ideas and our own desires that we sometimes can't see the wrong attitudes inside ourselves. That is the envy that sometimes overtakes us and drives our behavior. We stop being thankful and content for our jobs, our husbands and wives, our kids. Instead, we fixate on what we're missing. We sometimes even become idolatrous over it. And then if we don't get our way, we may lash out. But here's the bigger issue, Brian. When we're that envious, that desirous of something, even if we get it, we will still want more. It takes place in our own personal lives, and it often happens in the public arena as well. Proverbs says the man who loves gold, for example, never has enough gold. And I think that holds true no matter what the desire is. It can be a desire for money or a person or a job. Anything that has you so intoxicated that you won't rest until you get it. And you likely won't rest even if you do get it. And barring a change of heart, barring a dedication or a rededication to the teaching of God's Word, the envious person will never have enough no matter what he or she gets. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some great final thoughts from his message, Defeating Envy. Ron, we're about out of time, so what can you tell us about the next message in your series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down? Well, Brian, we're coming to the end of this current series. Uh, just two more messages left. And the last of these seven deadly sins 
is greed. Now, before we get started, let me just put this out there as a way of making clear what the Bible teaches and what it doesn't teach. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil. No, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And that love of money is not limited to the wealthy. Uh, there are poor people who love money too. Plenty of them out there. Uh, this is a rather pervasive problem in our culture because God has blessed us rather abundantly in our history. But there are some important biblical guidelines that we need to talk about for overcoming this deadly sin. And I'll take us to those solutions next time as I wrap up this series called Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Defeating Greed. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.